Finney Clatter. Nice to have you boys on the panel with me here tonight is one Zach. How are you going? Good to be back, boys. Miss, missed you guys the last couple of weeks. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> and Ol. Yeah, how's it going? Wacky Wednesday. Just fast. We're starting some positives. Some awesome, awesome costumes, as always. Let's be honest. Does any other club do it better than Geelong when it comes to Mad Monday, Wacky Wednesday, those antics? Nah, I was, was going to say, close. Yeah, I, think, I think we're firing away the, the, the best club at, at this sort of uh, post-season shenanigans. There's some awesome post-season shenanigans today, my favourite. I think my best on ground for uh, the Wacky Wednesday was the, the Shelby clan. Uh, Zach <laughs> Tui, Ray Stanley, Tom Stewart, the, the Peaky Blinders. But yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Especially Zach Tui as well, That a picture of him in the... So Arthur Shelby, and he was just having his Guinness as well. It's just, <laughs> I love that. But it, Spitting image, wouldn't you say? Yeah. <laughs> Some of your favourites? Uh, I like the Paddy Dangerfield one, taking the mickey out of the Bulldogs from the NRL there. They had their Mad Monday last week, which got a bit loose from what I, what I read, so I, I didn't mind that one. I thought it was extremely calm by all reports, wasn't it? No, <laughs> extremely calm. Yeah. I thought the uh, Zach Guthrie... Yodeling kid, the the Walmart yodeling mm. kid was pretty clever. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a bit funny that uh, it suited him so well. Mm. Actually, we saw him last year in uh, as a um, Ozkick kid, Ozkick yeah. kid, and and this year Sam Simpson. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. They they've got to grow a little bit in the off season, surely. There's also some really serious talks that went on at Lord of the Isles. Uh, Big Sav, Scott Selwood, uh, Brandon Parfit, all uh, having really, really strong discussions and negotiations. There. It's, yeah, it was a great they're, one. Uh, <laughs> trying to trying to sort out the um, peninsula, I think the Korean Peninsula. Sav dressed up as Dennis Rodman, uh, Scooter, playing as, diplomat between yep. uh, between two world leaders. It was it was it was it was a strange out of blue. <laughs> Harry Taylor, um, the Milkman. Had some Blues brothers there, Joel, him and Quentin Narkle. Megan. Megan and Harry. Yeah. Sparkle. He's, he, yeah. he did that a little bit he did too bit, well, he? I thought. Yeah. Spar- sparkle <laughs> Markle. Yeah, Sparkle <laughs> Markle. There you go. Yeah. Um, one of the great ones, Hawkins and Thurlow, the, uh, the basketball. The, the Australia uh, and the Philippines. 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 Yeah, I like that one. That yeah. was a nice one. Jordan Murdoch. Taking the Mickey out of danger, uh, his fishing show, the uh, the prison trio, real yeah. adventures, some great ones. Yeah. Ugly, the best should have been uh, Ryan Gardner, the plugger, <laughs> plugger and his pig, the the pig at full forward. <laughs> Ryan Abbott brought back some terrible Australian sporting moments, sandpaper action. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it was it was a pretty. That's not the that's not the nicest moment in in Australian sport of recent memory. No, the cats always just do it with style, don't they? I think they're the best at it. Yeah, they take they take it. I'm obviously biased, but um, (laughs) it's great. It's great. Yeah, great banter. Banter aside, though, we are since you've joined us now, Zach. Last recording uh, out of the finals. Elimination final against Melbourne. Saw fifth play eight at the MCG. Yeah, against the uh, the demons. Yeah, we have done written 
post-match analysis up on this, which is up on our Facebook page. But we're all disappointed in the result, obviously. How did you see it pan out? Yeah, just really, really, really disappointing game. Just a lot of our, our big guns failed to fire, which is surprising. I mean, you know, you're having a an off game when Joel Selwood doesn't, you know, doesn't fire and doesn't deliver his usual performance. Really flat, really insipid and about typifies our season, I think, to be honest. We just scraped into the eight and just weren't good enough. Yeah, and, and a surprising lack of discipline from, from Joel at one particular moment. He yeah, he'd love to have his time again, I'm sure, with that one. I think all twenty two players would, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. We pointed out on the, the written post that the top three disposable getters for the cats. Any guess who they were? Uh Gaz, Danger, Selwood. <laughs> We've seen that a lot this season. Um and then followed by a progression towards bottom tier players or players yeah. that weren't producing and yeah. haven't yeah. produced the, the maximum output that we know that they're capable of. That but, disparity was evident yet again. But on the night, it wasn't uh, individual players versus individual players. It, it truly was a collective 22 mm. playing a slightly Richmond brand of football. Uh, pure aggression, pure will, want, contest to get the ball forward versus cats who have backed their skills and ability in this season to play in a methodical way at times, handballing when required, against an all-or-nothing Jack Viney, nine tackles in the first quarter. Jared Waitley actually called the the age of chaos we referenced in our season analysis post, which we'll get to, which is also up on Facebook, which essentially began since... Started after Hawthorne's last premiership. Western Bulldogs' premiership that they won... Richmond's Premiership last year, the Premier this year, won't have won the football from free-flowing footy. No. Purely from pressure, perceived pressure, afford at all cost. Chaotic, you know, manic, manic. The heat in the kitchen, if that, if, if you want to use that analogy. Um, that's pressure cooker environment that they're going to try and build and uh, crowd the opposition. We're all disappointed to bear out of the finals. Going in, before we actually played them, we pre-recorded. In the lead-up, we actually stated on record, it's probably a 50-50 match. Mm-hmm. We were all very confident, backing the cats as we always would, but we said it's a 50-50 match. Yeah. On the day, the, the better side definitely won. Definitely won. Should have been probably double the marginal, let's be honest. Should have been up there towards 50-60 points. Uh, 29 points does up a lot of... Um, there's also a lot of favours. A lot of favours on the, on the scoreboard. But it really showed one team backing in one style of play versus another that either hasn't adopted to that yet or has backed in their own skills and... Has been found out. Has been found out, I guess, yeah, in that particular match. But throughout the season, we haven't produced pressure football or aggressive football, have we, Zach? It's... It, it's always been quite methodical. And at Kidney Park, it does work, to be fair, and on the small ground, I think. And when you yeah, do I, I, I think the, the tight, narrow confines of Cadinia Park perhaps make it a little bit easier than grounds like Optus Stadium in Perth or the MCG. But we have got players in our side, unfortunately. Maybe Gary Ablett at times, Daniel Menzel, that aren't renowned 
for applying pressure. So I think to an extent, yeah, we have been found out compared to others. Yep, some may disagree with you with Ablett there. You <laughs> may have sparked some but <laughs> pressure. Six tackles for Ablett, but again, you, you've raised Ablett there. He played the last month of footy with a a foot injury, foot sprain. Um, mm-hmm. the next day after the loss, he was back in Nathan watching Model win a premiership mm. in a moon boot. Credit to the man. Yeah, <laughs> brotherly love. <laughs> Credit, credit to the man. But if we take a step back, I guess, realistically, not before the season started. Oh, yeah, we'll go realistically before the season started, where we want to achieve and where, what have we produced? Oh, I think we've, I think we've underachieved. I mean, if you look at our, at our recruiting and what we've done, I think we we see our premiership window as being well and truly open right now, and I think to finish eighth and to be bundled out, I'd call that a failure personally. Um, failure has been ten. It's been put by the media a lot in questioning Geelong's reps and Geelong's coaches and other staff within Geelong. The season with a failure or not, but the club have accepted they have underachieved, yeah. just scraping through to finals. With a very decent list, started season on paper, some strong, strong key names there. Yeah. You wouldn't expect to have just got into finals and then bowed out first elimination week. But take a step back, I guess. There were 12 teams in it this season. The other teams that weren't in it, Essendon, I'd argue, would have created some competition this time of the season if they had made the finals. They had a terrible start to the season. Mm. Port Adelaide and the other side had a terrible end to the season. North Melbourne produced strong contests throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Down at Cadenia Park, they were extremely tough to beat. Came mm. down to the last 10 minutes. Adelaide had a woeful amount of injuries. That's 12 out of yeah. 18 that were that put their hand up to say... Let's win a. Pre- I can win a premiership. Yeah, we can win a premiership. There's a chance to get into finals, and then from there, you don't you don't know what could happen. In the most competitive home and away season of recent times, is it really such a failure? A huge failure? No, well, maybe not failure, but I think it is an underachievement. And again, when you look at what we've done with our list and draft picks and recruiting since we're playing for the now, I think anything really less than a premiership or maybe even a prelim final is certainly a, a subpar performance because they're, they're playing for the now, 100% they are. Mm. That That's seemingly the recruiting strategy they've had, had of late, um, recruiting more of the mature age and kind of sacrificing your, your high draft picks. Well, well, seemingly, but the last high draft pick we had was Nikkei Cockatoo, and that was quite a few years ago. Mm. Now, the... The mature age or the drafts that we have brought in have been successful, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Zach Tui has been a success. Mm-hmm. Albert's first year has been a success. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm struggling to find a name here, a, a big name that we have actually given up a high draft or a player for that has been a failure. Would you call Scott Selwood a success? I would. What, what did we give up for Scott Selwood? I can't remember. Was it maybe a second round draft pick, wasn't it? Mm. At yeah. the time? I would. 
Yeah, I wouldn't call him a failure or a success. I still reckon he's probably a question mark next to him. He's good when he plays, but he does have some durability issues at times. There's, there's definitely he's got more to to give, and I think um, if we are able to restructure our forward line to um, have a greater level of forward line pressure for the next season, his role as a forward. You know, as a defensive forward, could also could um, prove valuable. I think he's been found out a couple of times just with the pace of the game. You know, teams like Richmond and Melbourne that are so fast. I just, yeah, he's been found out a few times. Well, he's, he finished off the home and away season incredibly with great form. He, he did, and, and he's a good player, and... and he is a very, very good player. But I just don't know whether you call it an overwhelming success just yet. Mm-hmm. I think that the fact that we're even going back to question the Scott Selwood trade shows that we have been successful in terms of the elite players we have picked up, Danger, Ablett, Tui. If we're going all the way back to Scott Selwood, which wasn't really a huge trade, Mm. to be honest, in all all, all schemes of things, I don't think we have Failed failed in terms of the players' output that they've produced in coming here. Different story if Danger comes and first match does an ACL, obviously, but um, <laughs> thankfully not. First match getting best on ground performance. Three votes in the ground, I believe, for that one. Yep. Yep. There's a strong argument, or well, I put forward a strong argument, that this season, Hendo being missing for most of the season, more than half the season, Taylor being missing for large portions of the season, our backline being stretched initially at the season with retirements of Domsey and Andrew Mackey last season. We are questioning, geez, well, our backline is our biggest limitation. We finished the season with statistically the best backline, home and away. That backline as it is, the oldest player in there is Tui, followed by Hendo. The rest are surrounded by Blitz, Jack Henry, Jake Collajasny, Jed Buse, four players, all ex- quite young, or extremely young in the case of Jack Henry. Mm-hmm. That back line's set. I'd be, uh, I'd be I'd happy for Mark Blitzarves to play years. full back for the next five years. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with Collar at half back for <clears throat> times to come. Yeah, yeah, sure. Jack Henry is a, a third man in there, intercept marker, next 10 years. I'm yeah. happy. Yeah. Happy if he Jack becomes Henry's over two hundred play two hundred game player for the Cats. Jack Henry's a keeper. Top same, five in the rising star. Definitely. Quality. So, same for Jed Buse, whether it be half back or whether it be even pushing up into the midfield, which I think is a good call. Uh, a, a bit of a bit of more of a hard nut, bit of grunt in him. The back line's set for me. Those individual players have got game time there where they wouldn't have been exposed to if not for the retirements and if not for crucial injuries to Hendo or Taylor. I would argue that the back line's development and those players' development have skipped almost a year because of that. It's definitely been accelerated. Oh, yeah. You look at the other players that have been uh, gained further games this year or been blooded. Okay, off the top of my head, Jordan Cunico, Quinton Arkle, Jermaine Jones, uh, Ryan Abbott, Asavarada Galea. All of them have, have made sizable contributions throughout yeah. the season. 
they've all shown. I think I think they've all shown. With, I wouldn't point out any that I could say no. They're not AFL quality players. Mm. The all. stage in their development, they look extremely promising. Each yeah. and every one of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely there's definitely lots to to look forward to yeah. from that. Lock, from <clears throat> that Lockie Fogarty as well. Had yeah. a good year too. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. sorry. Yes. And yeah. of course, how could we uh, forget TK as well? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I don't know how that's wow. in my mind, but yes, um, you know these players—they've come in, and it's—it's it's given us, a, you know, it gave us a spark for a period of time. Asaba Radigalia made a huge impact in a short period of time. Hmm. You know, it's just gut wrenching that he was injured in the in the manner that he was. But um, he'll be back if he can get. He back. is back. He yeah. finished yeah. off two VFL games, so. Yeah. Well, he's as good as he's as good as back. So now he gets the off season to prepare for, mm. and you know, for, just get another preseason into you, and you'll be back in the lineup and back where you deserve to be. Yeah, there's that idea. I guess I'm I'm presenting to you when I, I say this that <laughs> the development development or individual players skipping a year's development and the blooding of the youngsters versus the going in for. Ablett, and I'd argue we didn't actually give that much up for Ablett in terms of the draft picks we gave up for. But the, the, the sell the farm, I guess the term that's used, does it apply? Um, selling the farm? Yeah, um, do, we, do we go, like, do we pay overs, basically? I don't think so. I don't think we sold overs, but I think we came close. And I think it depends on the player as well. Someone like Paddy Dangerfield did sell the farm and... Ever, everything on it to get <laughs> like Paddy Dangerfield obviously but mm. I don't think we paid overs for everyone but I, I'd perhaps still question what we paid for one or two of them but I don't think we've we've paid overs the interesting one, one for me was when we were actually doing that season analysis post we looked at our AFL listed players and taking out Ablett who's 34 and Hendo who's 32 the average age of our squad list was twenty two point eight four years of age. Years of age yeah. That's an extremely young squad, and a few of us, I think, this isn't a full panel of the cloud is here tonight. A few of us would think that Harry Taylor would be phased out, or there's an argument made that he's not in our best six in the in the back six anymore. Yeah. So. Without Harry Taylor and Albert, if you, if you kind of put them aside in your mind from our AFL list, the average age sits at 22.84. It's yeah. still an extremely it's, young list. Yeah, there's still, there's still lots of, lots of development and lots of time and they just need time. Mm. People just need to be, just display a little bit more patience. Hawkins at the age of 30 has just delivered his finest season to date. Who would have thought that? Yeah, running running all over the ground as well. Probably the fittest he's been in all of his career. Yeah, it's just his his marking for me really stood out. I mean, you'd you'd put the house on him just to mark every ball, contested mark on the lead. He's what a great season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unlucky not to un, well, he's unlucky not to have gotten all Australian all yeah. Australian selection. Yeah. yeah, at the first half of our season was we thought scoured by injuries. We say we talk about Hendo, Taylor, Guthrie going off against West Coast. Seemed our injury list was just growing, growing, and growing. But 
at the end of the season when it mattered, our best 22 truly was on the park, except maybe you know, a, a fit Nikia Cockatoo if he was in there um, potentially, or fit Lincoln McCarthy with games under his belt. Mm. But apart from those two players, we put out our best side, didn't we? The best available. And Stanley, of course. Yeah, Stanley, yeah. Best available. Uh, Mel- and, Melbourne and, had players yeah. out. Yeah, and, and that. So, how do we assess this? The, the injuries, I guess, we've sustained this season has blighted performances. I'd argue no. Oh, uh, but, the West Coast match, I'd argue yes, definitely in that final oh, quarter. Yeah, that that one match. But I think it, every team will get injuries at mm. some point or another, and you know, if a team's good enough, they'll be able to overcome that. And I think that's just where our depth's been highlighted a little bit at times. So again, highlighting my point, I think we we need to go back to the draft. I think to address that depth issue that we do have a little bit. But mm. so yeah, you're you're advocating more of a yeah that youth policy. No, absolutely for a, for at least a period of time. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think we've been shown up a couple of times that we just haven't been able to plug the holes. You know, when people have been injured a little bit. So yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and it's a definitely a warranted opinion, sure. There has been recent delistings from the club. Six players have been delisted. Matthew Lloyd actually uh, on on TV named 10 Geelong players that he believes to be culled. The players that weren't delisted from Lloyd's list that haven't been uh, may potentially be traded to other clubs, include George Hall and Smith, uh, Lincoln McCarthy, Daniel Menzel, Jordan Murdoch, and James Parsons and Jackson Thurlow. Now, Lloyd, you didn't put Hayball, Gardner, Plug Gardner, uh, or Timmy House into those categories, not having played games. So maybe he's just highlighting the, the names that people really know, or the, the, the people who have played a substantial amount of games for Geelong. But Look at those players there, and, and it, it, we are coming into the, the silly season now. We, we pointed out a, a media report on our page from a journalist reporting the Cats luring Jack Stephen to Geelong. Chris Scott goes on AFL 360. The question is asked to him whether they are luring Jack Stephen. And he flat out says no. Alan Richardson responds, Jack is a key part of the ongoing, what they're trying to build. operation. Exactly. Uh, And Scotty effectively saying this is a misleading statement. You have to take everything, I guess, with huge, huge grains of salt. Chris Scott, I think it's very misleading to say we're making a play for Jack Stephen. That's not true. The silly season begins. All right, so in the space of 48 hours... Sam McClure reporting that the Cats are trying to lure Jack Stephen. Gary Rowan to Geelong reports. Sean Darcy to Geelong. Steph Martin to Geelong. Braden Pruce. Sean Darcy. Six players in. The outs. George Holland Smith is actually a a valid one. Um, Gold Coast have been in contact with him. Dan Menzel to St Kilda on a multi-year deal. Tim Kelly ongoing. Ryan Abbott, uh, multi-year reportedly, and Lincoln McCarthy to Brisbane. That actually does sound a, a valid one there. But 
that's 11 players in the space of, of a few days. <laughs> There's not going to be that many people left, I would think, if we've we, already culled six of them. We, uh, <laughs> we finished the season days ago. And um, apparently, 20 people are going to leave. Spring clean. <laughs> Big clean out. Uh, how, do you, how do you read into this, the, the trade season? How do you approach it, Zach? Do you... But, I mean, as you said, you've got to take it all with a grain of salt. Obviously, some are more plausible than others, like the mm. Lincoln-McCarthy one up to Brisbane. I think that sounds like a pretty yeah. Yeah. straight swap, maybe even Daniel Menzel, but some of them. Mm-hmm. Jack Stevens sounds a little bit silly. <laughs> Someone on Channel 7 today had said maybe Mitch Duncan for Steph Martin. That's not going to happen, so... <laughs> yeah, that's... Mitch Duncan's not... Wow. But the, the Jack Stephen one... I want to chat about, chat about the Jack Stephen one a bit more because initially, when we had a look at this, we did take a record of that report straight off and we have posted a record of that on our Facebook page. It's there and clear to see, if you wish. If you attempt to see that report now, the face of the journalist is not there and the article itself has been edited and updated to include the recent uh, additions being the comments made on AFL 360 from Chris Scott and Alan Richardson. Wow. That's, uh... <laughs> what does that tell you about AFL media journalism? It's, uh, or specific journalists. Well, it's subject to change, and it's you know it's sensationalism at its at its best at times. Things just, can change, man. Yeah. Click of a finger. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just looking to make a story, and then just um, just as easily going to change it if they need to. Yeah, yeah. Stephen to sign a five-year deal and uh, <laughs> stay at Moorabbin for the next <laughs> fifteen years to take over the captaincy from Jaron Geary. <laughs> it's a funny one though. I, 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 I honestly it, it is hilarious this time of year though with the trade talk and the rumours I think Sydney have been linked with five players that are apparently going out of their club mm. Luke Parker Jake Lloyd Gary Rowan Dan Hannabree there was another one as well escapes me off the top of my head so it, it, it is a it is truly the silly season. It is. And we've stated we will publish on our page the reports or sources that we know or that we truly rely on, not rehashing essential media reports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they are so subject to change. Exactly. I think um, the, the Tim Kelly saga for the last eight months just shows that, that everything is subject to change now in in players' contracts and in in their ability to, I guess, push for moves. And we ultimately we just want to try and maintain some level of integrity for the uh, for the page and for what we're about. Of course, of course. Ultimately, uh, we are a fan site here. We do want to engage in some discourse, some debate. Six players have been delisted. Is there any that we would have added to that list or not have added to that list? Let's let's get some um let's get a bit ruthless here, boys. Go on let's, go on, I'll you go let's first. Take man. the Well, you throwing me under the bus here. Yeah. Uh, um well there's one there's you know, probably one particular name 
that that wasn't on the list that you know you could make an argument for it. For but him. you could make an argument for okay, yeah, yeah. For, for, <laughs> for him being on the list, um, individual opinions are expressed here, <laughs> yeah, and, and these are these are these are individual opinions. Come on, spit it out. And yeah, it's not it. necess- you know it's, it isn't necessarily attacking the player per se, but. No. James Parsons is, um, you know, it's questionable, or his his future is um, up in the air. I would I would say if 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 his form continues the way it has been, then you know his his future is um, subject to review. It'd at be some s- point. It'd be silly to say that James Parsons' future at Geelong is set. No, concrete, yeah. So of course you make a valid question, and you you make a. The jury is out on on his uh, form. Parsons, he was thrown in when he the last couple of matches that he did, he did play at AFL level. He played half back a lot, which yeah. I really liked because he doesn't have the the pace, explosive pace no. that's needed as a small forward. He's not a tall body, so he he's a, a, he's playing him forward. He's a small forward. He doesn't have that. Um, he doesn't have the marking capability. He can actually use the ball very wisely when it has a, when a hits, mark. Yeah. And I thought this player can be developed into a halfback and a rebound player. Yeah, I hope so. And that's what I'm hoping for. Um, for me, one more year. One more year. Zach? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think one more year and, yeah, give him a go in the JLT, see how he goes. And if he warrants selection, yeah. hopefully he can. I don't think he'd you'd have any trade bait for James Parsons as no. well. So one more year and no, then yeah, he I'm said... I'm not sure no, how much currency he would, he would really zero. Yeah. warrant right now. Yeah. He'd have to hit you know, a reasonable patch of form, but then if he were to hit a reasonable patch of form, would we reconsider his position? Mm. You know? Exactly, yeah. I'm sure St Kilda and Carlton would have plenty of places available <laughs> for some fringe players. <laughs> Zach, same question to you. Yeah, um, I reckon Ryan Gardner was the one for me. I was a little bit surprised. I mean, his VFL form's been outstanding and a lot of the the journalists have been suggesting, make of it what you will, that we need a, a second, you know, forward foil, I guess, for Tom Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Radder's been out for a lot of the year, so I'm surprised I didn't keep him on, even just for one more year in case one of them did get injured, or I, I was surprised he wasn't selected in one of the last two games, given they were pretty straightforward wins in the end at home. Mm. So a little bit surprised, but at the same time, not all that surprised as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I'm not sure if it was Plugger himself or some media came out saying that areas of his game that he potentially lacked were versatility and pace. Mm. And if he's not a, a huge tall forward, no. then they are key areas, I guess, that you need developing forward. Yeah. Um, Particularly in the modern game. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if he's picked up somewhere, whether that's in the AFL list or maybe VFL next year. I think he's too good not to be playing somewhere. Over the last four years, I guess, we've, been accustomed to having stocks in reserves. I'll raise uh, Mitch Clark, Hamish McIntosh. It's kind of players from other squads to do it, do a job when required mm-hmm. uh, as backup. 
slightly surprised that Stuart Cramery was actually listed. I thought he'd be there another year. Aaron Black with the injury, um, unfortunate, very unfortunate, but he, he did a good job when required at halfback this yeah. season. But I guess makes sense with the injury. Um, but I was a tiny bit surprised with Crammers. Yeah, I was a touch surprised as well. I mean, a perfect replacement player when needed at AFL ready, certainly experienced. But I guess if they are going to go down that huge path, he, he would have been one of the first to be cut. And I don't know if his lack of pace perhaps displayed why he was delisted. Mm. Yeah, interesting though. And some other players, I guess, regarding the recent trade talk and, and potential exitings from the Cats. We've got five here that are, are named down. George Horn-Smith, that are, uh, the Suns have contacted his management. Reports of St Kilda uh, wanting Dan Menzel on a multi-year deal. Dan would be silly not to consider all options. Um, I entertain that, that idea. Oh, you'd, you'd, particularly you'd, if we're after, particularly if we're after forward line pressure, and you know he's renowned for not providing that. Abbott as well, uh, which was a surprising one. But if he does want, you know, continuity and 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 a confirmed position, mm. then it's it may well be a, a fair yeah. call on his part. That must have broke your heart, Brandon, when you heard Rowan Abbott could be on the way out, mate. Hasn't reached me yet. Utterly dead. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't hasn't pro- haven't processed it. <laughs> <laughs> and Lincoln McCarthy to Brisbane reports, um, which seems seem seem to have legs. Seem to have some legs in it. Yeah, because he's. Um, uh, isn't I don't he, mind it. Isn't he good friends? With, isn't he good friends with Lockie Neal? Lockie Neal. He's yeah. almost the the pawn in that trade. In a sense, they feel if they can get him to go, then Lockie Neal will probably to go. Hmm. I don't mind it. Five potential players there that have been talked about in the media as outs to various clubs, whether they be valid or not. Some potential ins for the Cats. Braden Proust there. We need a Ruckman. I'm going to raise a a strange one. Hasn't been reported. Could be reported. I think it will be reported. (laughs) Purely because it's uh, a name to pick out of a hat that hasn't been picked up yet. (laughs) Dan Menzel to St Kilda is a strange one for me. And it is a strange one for one simple reason. They have five tall forwards. They have Paddy McCartan. They have Rowan Marshall. Tim Membry. Tim Membry, exactly. Also Josh Battle. Josh Bruce. And Josh Bruce. Five young, tall key forwards. Add Dan Menzel to that, who's a tall forward as well. Six. Um, not going to work. Mm. Who are the one or two people that are leaving there if Dan comes? No idea. Exactly. And you can't no. answer that question. Yeah. No, you can't. You, you can't answer that question. <laughs> would, we, would we entertain someone like no. a, a team member? Do you want to entertain anyone coming from St Kilda? No. <laughs> not Bruce lo- losing in their DNA. <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> Right. A few well, people well, that are very anti-St. Kilda right, on this There you go. That, that, that is uh, categorically Zach telling it how it is. I say that, though, because if Menzel's reported to 
potentially be weighing up a trade for St Kilda or the want to be him. Yeah. What have they got in abundance? Key forwards. What do we lack in abundance? Ruckman's and key forwards. Josh Bruce kicked over 50 goals a few seasons ago. Could any of those players there do a job? Uh, I reckon the only one I would even consider would be Tim Membry. He'd be the one I might possibly think about if I had to take one. Battle, battle, quite young. Looks mm. promising. Extremely young, so a lot of years needed to... to what do you reckon of? reach potential. Mem- memory, I would say. Right, yeah. Bruce's been injured for a large portion of the season, but a few yeah. years ago he did turn it on, and we are lacking a, a centre-half forward. Cramery gone. I'd personally gone. We'd just stick with Sav and have no one from St Kilda come in. <laughs> <laughs> a lot better. Yeah. And we've got Buzz yeah. there as well. Mm. We've got to give Buzz... Mm. He'd be nervous next year, I'd think, Buzzer. He'd want to step it up a bit. But I, I, agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is, and we don't want to, I guess, emphasise trade talk in or out that we don't know for sure is in or out, and we don't want to over-speculate on players. Mm. I've kind of um, deliberately put you in the firing line regarding questions there to, I guess, see... See how what we, we would entertain. What we would entertain, and it, it doesn't seem too much, so therefore it leads me to past trade period, Stephen Wells time. Get in love! 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 Zach. Yeah, well... In well, in Wells we trust, right? There's the uh, Oscar Brownless pretty much locked in, I would assume. I think David Minch's son, I think from what we hear, will be coming in as well, won't he? I'm sure that you know they're both warrant selection, as as he said. In Wells we trust. Um, he's going to make nine times out of ten. He's going to make a decent call. I would, yeah. I would think. I think we should we should try and find someone with a bit of speed. I think we've been shown up a little bit. In times we talk about Jordan, uh, Jordan Murdoch and Jordan Cunico as probably being the only two sort of line breaking players. So possibly targeting someone with that speed, a traditional winger maybe or half forward. I think we should be looking at. Mm. So exclusively from the draft. Yes, I would think so. Are there any players aside from those five, the hyphen men's? The, Kelly the Abbott, it's a McCarthy, bit left of bit center. Of I actually, I quite like Aaron Hall from the Gold Coast, and all reports is that he's on the way out. He's pretty quick. He's a good user of the ball. He has Possibly. been linked to the Cats in the past. He has been. Whether that, whether it'll be straightforward as a Hall and Smith for trade for him, I know his I value, take, his value is a that. lot lower than what it used to be. So that's I possible. Take, I would take that. I think, I think everyone would take that, given that the hyphen unfortunately isn't getting game time. No. And he is an AFL quality player. I don't yeah, think we, I don't think we'd blame him for, for going at all. I'd love George, to watch him. George Horn Smith is a is a you know, consummate professional. He's exactly mm. what the Suns need. Comes from a good system. He's a yep. professional, prepares well. He'd be a perfect fit for them. Yep. Yeah. Sets himself high standards, real true leader. Yeah. 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 Great he, attitude. That's what Stewie You'd love to see him have a successful career as well. Get yeah. a constant game time. Yeah. But I'm going to put you guys under the firing line one more time and one last time for tonight. Trades in and out. 
are there any Geelong AFL players that you would potentially entertain for a trade away other than those five? Are there any that come to mind? And I'll I'll put some names here just to spark some debate. Players that haven't got game time, players that have been in and out, players that probably not sure about the continuity or whether they are in our best 22. Jackson Thurlow. Not for me. Would you... So you're saying, keep you're saying you would keep him? He's a gun player. Zach Smith. Yes. Oh, yeah. You would keep him? Trade him. Trade him. Get whatever we can get for him. This is going to be a draft where 40, 50, maybe even early 60s are going to be good players. You, you'd get someone would pick him up. Get whatever currency he's got left. This is your best chance. And, and I mean, there's, there's well and truly rumour that... Um, his body or his uh, his back in particular is, is suspect. Yeah, because, again, you're not going to get... They're calling this one the super draft, you know, like 2001. The, the, it's not going to happen every year. This is your year to whether you... To really load up. To load up, whether you package, you know, a couple of them together and do it that way or individually. He'd have some currency. Mm-hmm. Experience, at least... Some someone would pick him up, even if it's just for a backup ruckman in the seconds or, or whatever. Jordan Murdoch. Uh, I would say yes. I would be willing to yep. entertain that as a potential trade out. But, yep. But it would just yeah, it would warrant what you know, it would uh, it would matter. Sorry, as to what we were getting in return. I think there'll be some really tough calls made in the draft period for us this year, and I think you know. Couple of names you may not expect to get floated up, but we're going to make tough decisions. Mm-hmm. I think around quite a few players. Mm-hmm. A tough call that was made as well for the um, the delisted six was uh, Corey Gregson as well. You really you think that was a tough call? What well, was it? Well, I mean, been pretty average this year when he has played. Yeah, pa- pace to burn, pace to burn, and you don't see that yeah, regularly. That's true. A player that has that much pace, it, it, you've got something on your hands. But when you have time and time again, injuries, particularly um, inconsistent performances, decision-making, we go back to the Hawthorne game where yeah. you and I were there, just decision-making cost us yeah, the game. Some of, some of the decisions um, yeah, are, have been suspect for sure. Mitch Duncan. I would I would not entertain that. Strongly, strongly disagree with the idea of trading him away. I like this part where I sit in the fence and I'm I I don't agree with. I'm not I'm not pressing my opinion. I'm pressing it to you guys. I'm happy to sit here. It's almost <laughs> I can have a have a drink and just put a name and let you guys. <laughs> Brutalised players. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with yeah, the, the the two vultures circling or <laughs> picking at the carcass of John's 2018 season. Apparently, according to one of the uh, strong connections with Geelong, only. 11 players remained in his <laughs> best 22 after the Melbourne match. So I wouldn't blame some fans immediately after the match for having some 
potent post-match emotional reactions still within them. But you've named the draft there and this upcoming draft being... They've called it a super draft. Shades of 2011, back and even before that. Jack Lacocious will be, yep, top two, top three. Uh, The King brothers will be in the top ten. The players that Geelong lack are really key position players, Ruckman, forward, full forward, centre-half forward. Another tall forward for foil for Hawkins, yes. Yep. Or pressure. Small, not, well, doesn't have to be small, but pacey, pacey pressure outfits in the midfield and up forward. Mm -hmm. Pacey pressure outfits. In a draft, like one that's approaching, the key position players will go first round. The key position forwards, the top key position forwards will go first round, along with the top key position, Ruckman, etc. So that brings me to the point as what do you try to give up to get to that? Do you try to really go all out, all out to get a first rounder? Or do you bank on getting as many as you can, whether it be second, third round, and attacking maybe just some... Players that have a bit more pressure, pace, uh, aggression to burn, as opposed to the key position players. Where is this void going to be filled? Where is this Ruckman void going to be filled? Is it via the draft? Is it via trade? Same for centre-half forward and full forward. With Hawkins really are only mm. strong forward or... Tall well, forward being the age of thirty. If we do go, if we do go the trade route um, for the the ruckman or the the larger body player, I do like the sound of Sean Darcy as as a potential in for us from Fremantle. But what are you going to give up for? I'm, I'm You'd give up pick eleven, and that's why I, oh. that's why I raised these names. That's why I put uh, these questions in. Not a chance. Because if, if you are attacking Braden Proust, if you are wanting Sean Darcy, if you are wanting a centre-half forward, not from St Kilda, um, what are you going to give up? And who are you going to present to the table? Mm. And it's a tough one. Mm. Because the players that really don't reach our list or players that are likely going away, we've got two unrestricted free agents. And, and the other ones aside from that... Mm. Don't hold a huge amount of currency in terms of draft picks, in my opinion. And this comes back to our lack of depth problem. Not only during the season do we not have players to cover, but then when trade time comes around, we don't have that many players with currency. Mm. It all comes back to this lack of depth. I reckon Lincoln McCarthy would have some currency to him. I think Zach Smith possibly. Tim Kelly definitely, maybe Daniel Menzel, but, you know, apart maybe the hyphen as well, possibly. Hyphen's unrestricted. Yeah, bugger. Yeah. But the the midfield really is the jam-packed area where we have an abundance of elite players to the point where the Hyphen, who's an AFL player and a quality AFL player, can't get a game. Tom Atkins can't get on an AFL list at Geelong. Um, We have a, a huge amount of inside mids, but... In my opinion, no, you, you can't give up a Mitch Duncan at all. You, you can't 
there's no no player that you could give up at all. No. <clears throat> I think there'll always there'll always be diamonds in the rough out there, a bit like Tim Kelly, a friend of mine, played Neeful for a couple of games up in Queensland, and he's constantly telling me how there's players that are 19 to probably 23 around Tim Kelly's age that are ready-made AFL players but are being overlooked. You could... You could pluck a handful of those sort of guys, Ruckman key position players. I reckon that's even like Tom Stewart as well coming out of the local league. Mm-hmm. I reckon that's going to be an avenue that a lot more clubs, particularly Geelong, that have such an advantage of local products are really going to target. Mm. Mm. The, the granny played in the weekend. Leopold lost uh, to, to Mary's, I think. Um, they had four ex-players playing for them, yeah. the likes of Ruggles and... They they were the experienced bodies. They were yeah. the favourites to win, and they lost to a young yeah. outfit that was kind of unexpected to win yeah. and, and get yeah. over the line. So it it may be like you say that Tom Stewart's the kind of the South Barland local leagues that or the Tim Kelly Maturage or Sam again yeah. mm. and Queensland in particular is proving a really popular ground. They've got a quite a few ex-rugby players that they've converted over, so they've got the big bodies that are, are ready to go from that background, so I reckon you'll see a lot of Queensland players starting to get poached from the needle. Wouldn't it be perfect to just chuck James Pods Adley <laughs> into that team as a, a 20, 27-, 28-year-old draft pick now, something like that? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, he would He would be perfect for you know playing second fiddle to Hawkins right about now. Yeah. It's an interesting one. It's one that won't, well, definitely won't stop. Um, it won't be settled immediately, that's for sure. Yeah. Tim Kelly's management have said that they'll leave things for now until 12th of October when the the Kaji happens to, to get a feel of Geelong and get accustomed effectively to the surroundings and, and social surroundings and environment. With that, Brian Cook is quite confident that Geelong will... That Tim Kelly will be a cat next year and his management by the sounds of it accepts or well, looks to accept that Geelong won't be looking to give up Tim Kelly this draft period. Zach. Guys, I've said it from the start and I'll say it again. I think he will leave at the end of this year, which is unfortunate. But like I've said, if he had to go, I would rather him go this year because then we can at least orchestrate something for him. If we let him walk next year, then we'll get nothing. I'm constantly hearing possibly Adam Chera for Tim Kelly, which I don't mind. Obviously, he's not ready-made like Tim Kelly, but he's 18 years old. He's got a really bright future. I don't mind that trade as well. And like I said, everyone, everyone keeps worrying about what Tim Kelly says. Worry about what his wife's saying because it's going to be her opinion that decides it. When yeah. you're married, she's she's the boss. <laughs> so if his wife is not happy here, they'll be going back to WA, I can tell you that right now. Yeah, right. Interesting one, interesting time, I guess. <laughs> well, I say that because interesting few months ahead of enduring ongoing media speculation and ongoing... Rubbish at some stages, and and some validity with that. It's, it's the it's the twenty four hour media cycle now, really. Yep. Mm. Um, you know, AFL or you know, footy, footy, and particularly in Victoria is is now at a twenty four seven 
It is. It's part of the 24-7 news cycle. It is. It's the the same with the rugby in Sydney. It's exactly the same. All year round. doesn't stop. Well, you look at it in this home and away season, I guess, that the media have had two names to speak about, and that's been Tom Lynch and Jordan Degoe. Mm. And they've been banging on, banging on. I almost feel sorry for them because they haven't had any name, other names to speak about. Obviously, Tim Kelly in there as well. And now suddenly, uh, home and away season finishes, other teams get knocked out, and this is their time. This is their time to make money. <laughs> Open season. Exactly, yeah. 25 players will be leaving the Cats this year. <laughs> <laughs> but also, promising signs, I guess, Introduction of the Cats AFLW next season, I'm really looking forward to. Really looking forward to uh, some Kidney Park matches there, uh, hopefully televised as well, which mm-hmm. they will be great. Just fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really excited to see the girls get their chance to play and join the competitions. Great. We talk about sources, trade sources, uh, non trade sources, media reports. Um, and we actually have our own exclusive and we actually can rely on our own source here for this one. Uh, you can quote us for this exclusive, Zach. Yep, so we got two exclusives today. So the first one's really, really exciting. So from Daniel Lowther, who's an analyst working at Geelong, also an ex-player. Very yep. thankful for him for giving up his time. So I asked him who was a VFL player to watch for next year, someone that hadn't debuted this year, but someone he thinks could really impact. And he said, quote, Charlie Constable would be the one to look out for. He played some early JLT games and his last four weeks in the VFL have been outstanding. So right. that's someone we have mentioned across the podcast mm. quite a few times. Yeah, look out for Chopra. For so Chuka sure. was the only real. There were three AFL players, AFL listed players that didn't play that were probably talked about at various times this season. Chuka being one, Housey being another, and Plugger Gardner the third, yeah, one. the third one. Two of those players delisted. For all we know, Constable's eighteen. Yeah, and and, and racking up over thirty so disposals, and yeah, so yeah. much upside. Very exciting. Yeah. Mm. A, a real, yeah. Real prospect. <laughs> Genuine I'm, prospect. I'm not, I had a hesitation there because I wasn't speaking. I was just smiling at Zach. Just with a, <laughs> a bit of excitement. <laughs> That's huge thanks for, for Daniel for that one there. And a massive, massive promising signs for the cats to look on for. To be absolutely oh, confirming yeah. that he will be getting, you know, considerable game time next year. Absolutely. I would think. They're going to give him a chance. Yeah. You know, two there. Thought we had one. Do we have another? <laughs> we do have another one. Now, the, the next one, this one's really exciting. But the next one comes from our great mayor of Geelong, Bruce Harwood, a diehard Geelong supporter and an ex-Geelong collegian. The great man. Yeah, great man. So just just asking Bruce about what the city of Greater Geelong's doing in regard to the development of Cadinia Park. We know there's the one part of the ground that's still yet to be developed, the Ford stand down that end. Yeah. So we'll publish his full response on our Facebook page in a couple of days. But I'll just quote one part of him. So, quote, stage five is yet to be committed to financially, but the city of Geelong and the council is aggressively lobbying state and federal governments to commit to funding this final stage of the overall development of Cadinia Park. That'd be fantastic. 
And as we know, it's a pretty marginal seat, Geelong, so they'll be throwing, they'll be splashing cash out everywhere. So I'd imagine that they'll get it done somehow. That would be fantastic. Mm. A, yeah. a big thank you to to Daniel and a big thank you to yeah. Bruce Harwood. Absolutely. For a very interesting discussion points yeah. there. And then we got our exclusive coming up next week about the AFL's venture in China as well. We got an exclusive Cadinia Cloud poll, which was done in China, over 100 people interviewed. So stay tuned for that one next week. It actually does have some interesting results and interesting reading into that you can read further into the the AFL from that, I guess, and the the market from that, I guess. So, and, and some some original content. Absolutely, more to come. Yeah, but honestly, a huge big thanks to to Daniel and and Bruce Harwood there. Uh, amazing, amazing, fantastic for for your responses and and fantastic signs by by both. Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. good things. To look really promising. To for the really looking forward to yeah. Charlie Constable next year. Looking forward to, and looking forward to is something that I'm really, really, really passionate about. This season has had its its highlights, its true highlights. Mm. Your season highlight. Oh, it's a tough one because 22 matches. It's to pick out one season highlight, but if you had to put one or two memories in there that. Will be the forefront for you. For I'd say season. my memory would be the Melbourne game at Cadinia Park. Just that whole game, being able to win it at the end, it was such an attacking style of game. It was a great game to watch. It would have been tough had we lost, but just such a great game to watch. High scoring and absolutely love that night. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's probably my game of the season. Mm. Um, in terms of the home and away um, fixtures. And individual uh, individual highlights or, or players can't go past Tim Kelly mm. and also the surprisingly fast development of Jack Henry. Oh when, wow! Yeah, when he first you know when he first came on the scene, I wasn't too sure. In that in that uh, West mm. Coast game, he got caught. You know, yeah, got caught out a couple of times. I thought, oh, he might he may take a little while or, mm. you know, it, might be back to the VFL for him for a few weeks, but he's really come on in the in the back back half of the year and looks settled. A 19-year-old that has played 22 games, a recently turned 20-year-old that was 19 start of season, has played 22 games now. 22 games blooded into him. That was the stage, I think, where most people thought Tim House would get that that role at that West Coast match. Probably because he put the full back in the in the VFL, so therefore he should come in and play key defense, key position defensive role in in the West Coast match. But it was given to Jack Henry, and what a play we've got in our hands! Whether it be defense up forward, doing a job in ruck at times, it, yeah, I'm I'm so excited to see him for the next ten years, for the next fifty years. <laughs> 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 Until he's in his seventies, <laughs> he, he will be. A, uh, there's, there's every every reason that you know he could well be a player that that sticks around and and um, ends up with a, a couple of records, mm. or you know, at with his at least a name on the locker or something to that effect. Yeah, 
yeah, you know, to his goal after Siren. That, that it was the all fans' favorite game this season. I think all fans' fans' favorite moment probably from a match this season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Knuckle a fend off. Yeah, first you play with a with a dusty fend off. Nice to see. Jermaine Jones, Energizer yeah. Bunny. Yeah, with legs to burn. Yeah, excitement yeah. there. Yeah, and you can't go past the player that just holds presence. It was in, I think it was the Brisbane match. He wasn't playing this match. He was injured, uh, and the AFL players that weren't playing, Housey, Hyphen, etc sitting in the Charles Brownlow stand, up came Saiba Radagalea and all the Isles' eyes just turned to him. Mm. The, the person sitting next to me at the time said, that man holds presence. <laughs> and that's what he is on the field. He's a, already a cult figure. Mm. The fans love him. We love him. Mm. Oh, yeah. And there's, you know, that, that, uh, that holding of presence... Means that you you demand an opponent, mm. you know, you demand respect and accountability from your opponent. Exactly. Also, exactly. Mm. Um, and granted that you know he can he can get back to some some uh, match fitness and and running the legs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, which they'll do plenty of in um, the off season and preseason. Uh, yeah, every reason to be. Excited about the future for Big Sat. Blitz, a defender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I, so did, I didn't necessarily so expect that, you know, at the start of the year. I don't think anyone did, yeah. <laughs> Showed he's even more versatile than we probably first thought. Mm. And to finish off the season, I guess, finals aside, but with two home and away fixtures, the last matches that were played at Kidinia Park being absolute thrashings. Nice for the Fans to see. Um, great, great way to finish the home and away season off with style, I guess. You can only play who you're up against. You can only produce what you're up against. Mm. But some promising signs to look forward to. For me, my promising sign, hopefully for next season, is a fit Nakia Cockatoo. Yep. Hopefully. I mean, we can only, we can only be hopeful at this point in time. Yep. For a cockatoo to, you know, to finally get his body right and show everybody what we know he can do. Yeah, I think so. We all know what he can do and you hear Patrick Dangerfield saying, you know, he's one of the most explosive, talented players that he's ever seen. So, mm. you would hope so. Mm. Your, your outlook forecast for 2019, whether it be positivity negativity what you're looking forward to what you're not looking forward to or hating or expecting it's always positive here um for me it's another year for jordan cunico i've loved him this year i reckon he's going to be a 10 year plus player just get another preseason under the belt get a bit stronger he'll be a gun player do you like the yeah uh, cunico yeah he's got pace to burn i he? do yeah and he's got a little bit of a step as well we've seen That's you know, step, in some yeah. some games how about you all? Whether whether or not we we do slide down the the ladder in terms of uh, results, I am just looking forward to the overall development of the kids, the rise of the next generation, 
the the continuing of the cycle mm. and you know the blossoming of young players into leaders Definitely. and then the chance at another flag whether that be next year 2020 whenever i like or well, not next year we've seen three flags mm. we can see you know, we may not see one for some time, but regardless of whether that be the case... That's right, Zach, I've taken the gun away now. <laughs> <laughs> regardless, of whether that, regardless of whether that be the case or not, you know, whenever we see the flag, we should always support the boys. Always support the boys. And, you know, the club and... Everything about the, uh, the the culture of the team, or the culture of the team that we grew to love um, in that golden generation, we hope that we can um, return to to a period of dominance mm. and and embrace them in the players that you have here. Yeah, I guess when you have the likes of Patrick Dangefield playing at your football club, embrace that. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a star of the competition. These players are he's a one in a generation player. Yeah, he yeah. so is so he's a one in a generation leader. Time goes by quickly. Joel mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Selwood will not be at the club in decades. Embrace him every game he plays and it, enjoy it. Yeah. Same as Gary Ablett return. Yeah, yeah. Blitzarves down back. Yeah, Tom Hawkins season. Yeah, there's. There's plenty to have been happy with, and, and 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 plenty to look forward to, whether that be whether that lead to silverware or not. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, yeah, for the matter of the fact that it is a game, and we enjoy the game, we embrace the game, we love the team, and we just you know we keep it going, we continue the support. Our part motto is we we hope for on field glory and off field prosperity mm-hmm. and partly with that off-field prosperity comes with that uh, not the the glory hunting mentality that yeah, if unless a, unless a premiership has won it has been a failure which mm-hmm. is just truly incorrect mm-hmm. <laughs> i think geelong's caught more uh media speculation regionally than adelaide who were in the, 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 grand, the final grand final last, last year, year. Port Adelaide, who you could say have sold the farm, bringing in Jack Watts, Stephen Motlop, Tom Rockcliffe, mm-hmm. amongst others, um, Lindsay Thomas, mm-hmm. and Trango as well. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Trango. Five players there. So I think it's very easy to you know that immediately the club has exited um, media to look and, and embrace, and sorry, media to look and uh, attack ultimately. <laughs> point out any potential yeah. limitations or attack yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> as Wayne Carey pointed out, tweaks are necessary, but why can't why can't they do it in the draft and do it in the trade period and and do it next year? And I completely agree. The tactical tactical tweaks are necessary, especially at the MCG and Eddie had on the wider grounds and we do need to either adapt to pressure football where we embrace it and play that style or back in our style to combat it and play in our methodical way but we need to do it differently 
needs to do a higher standard or if we somehow discover or stumble upon how we did it against Collingwood was fantastic stop mm. them scoring stop them putting high pressure slow the game down play methodical way but it has to be done four quarters yeah every round yeah by 22 players yes and i think that's what we've pointed out this season and i think that's where this podcast really ends i guess on i hope for 22 collective i hope for 22 individual players playing as a collective unit next year yeah and yep. and you know wear the shirt with pride and know what it means to put it on and know who you're representing mm. and you know the players before you the players that will come after you yourself all that stuff mm. never take it for granted exactly mm. never take it for granted mm. i think that's us for a wrap for another what you call it, x amount of time so <laughs> <laughs> We'll see what, what happens in, in terms of the, the trade period I'm going. But till next time, and again, a massive thank you to, to Daniel and, and a massive thank you to, to Bruce Harwood as well. Um, and we look forward to, to next week some further Kidney Clatter exclusives. Zach, leave the AFL China poll and results from that for you to talk about all in your hands. Yeah, can't wait. Till next week. Thanks for the chat, boys. Keep it going. Yep. Keep Even it going. in the off season. It doesn't Cheers. stop. Go cats. Go cats.